Hey everybody, how you doing? Coach here. I wanted to bring something to your guys' attention this week that may or may not be in line with what the channel generally offers in the form of DIY landscape education. We are actually gonna talk about hiring a landscape professional today. A lot of times, uh, at least the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of inquiries and complaints on the social platforms where people have hired so-called landscape professionals and have really ended up getting behind the eight ball and backed into a corner when money's being demanded at the end and the work hasn't been completed according to the verbal agreement. So, although I do not tout here on the channel hiring a professional landscape contractor to either start or complete your landscape installation or makeover, there are those of you who will. It is just not in your wheelhouse to do DIY projects on that level. For whatever reason, maybe it's a physical handicap or some form of limitation, massive time constraints. You know, you got four little ones under the age of eight and you just will not have time. Uh, or, you know, what you want to do versus what you honestly can do because maybe your dream yard involves things way beyond your skill level, even if you did have a DIY head. I get it. I really do. I get it. And thankfully, thankfully, there are those out there that uh, want a pro because, hey, you know, I, I made a living at it. Well, this week we're going to talk about going pro and not GoPro. No, I said going, going pro and the how-tos of finding, selecting, and working with a professional landscape contractor. Done right, ladies and gentlemen, done right. It can be a huge burden lifted from your shoulders if you're not a DIYer. But let me caution you, do it wrong, and it can be walking through the gates of homeownership hell. I, I, will, I will tell you that up front. So, Shall we get started? I am so glad you're here. I really am. I love talking to you guys every week. So, Maestro, can we roll that short but oh so sweet intro? Hey, I'm Matt. You can call me Coach. Every week I bring to you landscape tips and tricks, design concepts in a hopefully easy to understand format so you can tackle projects yourself, get the results that you want, be a heck of a lot more self-reliant in this day and age, and save, save, save a boatload of money. You know, after a 20 plus year career as a successful landscape designer, contractor, retail nursery management, and educated ornamental hort, I really and firmly believe I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I wanna share and impart on you, that modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. So, since the inception of this channel last year, I have tried to impress upon folks the possibilities of doing their own landscape makeover or initial installation themselves. It is so, so possible. And with the right steps and approach, it can be achieved with some sweat, determination, and self-reliance. It really can. It's, it's not brain surgery. It's just a lot of sweat equity. That, let's just boil it down to that. But there are still those folks out there that will never demolish their own yard, never form a concrete patio, or ever plant a 24-inch box specimen tree. It's just not gonna happen. That's not what they do. Like I said before, it, it is not for them, and yet they struggle. 
there's that sector of society out there, either because of confidence or whatever. It's just not for them to do a DIY and they struggle so mightily with how to go about getting the right pro, the right professional involved in a project that they want to have done. How do you go about it? Okay, well, let's say, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, you went to the Yellow Pages. Any of you guys out there remember Yellow Pages? I'm sure they're they're out there, but they're probably online now. And some of the classifieds and the service directories in the local rag paper. Nowadays, when I was running, was running in the business hard, it was all about websites. It was all about yard signs at the completion of jobs, and it was about garden shows. And most importantly, for me, word of freaking mouth. Word of freaking mouth referrals. That's where, uh, towards the end of my career, that's where I would say 70% of my business came from was word of mouth. So let's, let's uh, surmise at this point, you want to hire a landscape contractor. You have a project, front yard, backyard, whatever, you have decided needs to be done. You and yours have decided you have a budget, which I've preached to you already about that, right? You're coming up with the budget and a desire to have it done in such and such a time. You know, maybe you're sitting there right now in April and you're going, Hey honey, we've done all this. Let's start making some calls. Let's uh, let's see if we can get some people in here and uh, maybe we get this thing started uh, before the end of the month. Okay, well, I would suggest that you pump those brakes a little bit. Here's my recommendation. First, understand hiring a contractor is a process. It is just not an instantaneous pick up the phone and you got yourself a contractor. It may be 5% out of 100% of the time, you might strike gold that way, but most likely it's not gonna happen. A process which involves, or I should say, revolves around the contractor initially more than you. <laughs> How do you like that? More than you. Why you ask? Because of schedules and time of them running a business. You're not running their business. Those contractors with good reputations, good skills, and successful businesses are freaking busy. Some are over the top. They can't see the, the horizon busy. So it's April now and you wanna start, let's say May 1st, the time to start talking and shopping for a good, legitimate, busy contractor was back in January, not now. You know, like I said, you might get lucky, but chances are. Many contractors who are worth their salt can be anywhere from three to five, six, eight months out already or more. I've seen people have to wait two years because of the contractor's reputation is so damn good that people are willing to wait two years to do their million dollar landscapes. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Plus million dollars landscapes. I can recall many times over the years when I would get a call for services and the folks were very nice, but were absolutely shell-shocked when I couldn't start the following Monday and here we're talking on Thursday evening. Then I said that I could start in about 90 days from now and their jaws would just freaking hit the table. Now, after a little bit of education, a lot of times they were willing to wait, but oftentimes I was shown the door. And then I got a call two weeks later from the same people. Hey, you seem to be the person who could start quickest. Can we sit down and talk again? That sounds, that rings true in my ears while I sit here and talk to you guys. So advanced shopping and appointment times for interviews are weeks, if not months in advance. That's why I always said, and I put it in one of the, the podcasts and the videos back in November, December, winter 
is for planning. That, that is where it's at. That is where you call contractors that if there's going to be a slow period, especially you northern latitudes, but you guys just jump off and go do other things like snow plowing and other stuff. But for those who can landscape 12 months out of the year, those areas of the country and world, then uh, better get on it because that's going to be their slowest moment of the year would be the cold dips of winter. And that's about it. Now, something else to consider. There are certain niches or niches, depending on how you want to say it, that many contractors fill. My particular niche in the landscape industry was makeover residential. That was my boom. That was it. That means I went into existing yards about 85% of the time, maybe 90% of the time, and I took yards out and put new yards in. That was my niche. And there wasn't a whole lot of contractors that did that. A lot of people wanted that sweet ass blank slate backyard with easy access. Nope, that wasn't my niche. And it kept me busy for many years. But some contractors are into uh, uh, solo niches. They're like water features. You know, uh, some are into masonry type stuff. They like building retaining walls and outdoor kitchens. And that's kind of their, their niche. And some yet are like residential developments, you know, the rubber stamp front yards, you know, and the, and the streetscapes and working for like cities and states and federal government contracts and stuff. There are those landscapers out there. If you find those, they're probably not going to do a landscape makeover in your backyard. They're going to want to landscape the state highway out there at the big town. That's their niche. What is important for you to understand is what your project is and how that project fits with the local landscaper talents in your area. How elaborate is your project that you're thinking? What skill sets or sets will be needed? How much time will be involved? You know, for a, for a pro, I might be able to walk in there and say, what you want is going to take me 60 days. And they have to look at that and go, okay, Compared to the schedule that I already got in place, where can I shoehorn this particular job in? And, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, what type of person are you to work for? Man, I'll tell you what, when I've done initial appointment and interviews, I guarantee you I'm sizing up that client just as much as they're sizing up me. Because I don't want to work for a jerk. Plain and simple. Don't want to work for them. They're a pain in the ass. I, I said it in, a, in an email, I turned down over $350,000 job, which was a beautiful freaking job. It would have been just the schnizzle, but the customers were just jerks. They just were. They were bossy. They thought their checkbook dictated everybody's lives and I just couldn't work for them. I suggest that you kind of first search the internet for your local area and see what landscape companies come up and work in that area. Look for reviews, check out their websites, just do some simple due diligence and gather some knowledge, you know, of who you're out there and write them down. You know, maybe ask friends or within your circle of influence, you know, hey, you know any good landscapers and landscape designers, that kind of stuff, and start that educational process before you even pick up the phone and talk to a professional yet. Ask your friends for input at work. You know, do you know anybody that you know of? You know, have you used anybody or do you know anybody who's hired somebody? That kind of thing. It's not rocket science. Depending on the time of year, you know, here's, here's where I got some great business from folks. Depending on the time of year, usually late winter, early spring, there's always the, the home shows and garden shows that are, are in some of the, the 
more populous areas. You know, and you can go in there, buy yourself a ticket, go in there and, and see which landscapers have their booths set up and, you know, sit down and talk with them. You know, that's, the, I got a lot of work that way. I really did. Uh, they had to, landscapers have to put out quite a chunk of money to uh, advertise that way. And they're, they're rolling the dice that they're going to get a return on their investment and get however many jobs they can and move forward. But when you have them there at the booth, ask about their specialties. Most of the time they'll have their book of fame out there on the desk or they'll have them displayed on the wall behind them and just strike up a conversation. It's not a time to be shy. You know, if you, you go to the grocery store and you don't see the cut of meat you want, you knock on the butcher's ding bell and you go, hey, do you have this cut of meat? You're not shy there, so don't be shy talking to these people. You know, and you will size them up in the first 60 seconds. It'll be somebody you can talk to, or you can be somebody like, you're a jerk. Okay, we're moving on, plain and simple, okay? Maybe set an appointment. Set an appointment with three of them. Whatever, whatever uh, locations you're at, you know, you make sure that they work in your area and say, hey, can I set an appointment? And here's the next step. On that appointment day that I have seen, and I'm speaking from the professional aspect. I hated, that's a strong word, right? I hated to be late. I did not want to be late. I'd rather have sat in front of that client's home for 15 minutes early and then knocked on their door at the exact time that we were scheduled for. It is one of the biggest indicators of professionalism. Can we agree on that? of professionalism and courtesy. They're showing you that your time is just as important or more than their time. Now, what's the exact opposite of punctuality? A no-show. And there was an old adage that I came up with a long time ago. A no-show is a no way. I'm not working with you. <laughs> if you can't even bother you know, showing up, if you can't even bother calling and here's another thing is unless you get a preemptory phone call like a half hour before the scheduled time or earlier and they have a valid explanation is i'm sorry mrs jones i can't make it at three o'clock today like we're scheduled i could i could redo the appointment at five o'clock if it's convenient for you or is there a day that we can set in the near future where i can make it this is what happened and why okay you don't need a lifelong explanation, just a, a courtesy call. I think everybody can understand that. Okay, moving on. Many landscape contractors are not landscape designers. Let me say that again. They are not landscape designers. They are installers of landscape designs, but many kind of lack that artsy fartsy side that you know can do a good job on paper. They could sketch just about anything out, but they're not that designer side of the mind and how they can convince the client of a designer's vision by having a really nice design placed in front of them, plain and simple. So punctuality and then ask them, are you the designer for this project as well as the installing contractor or contractor of record? Another thought that I would like to put in your head is remember these. Another thought is length of service. How long you been in business? What type of education do you have? And most important of all, how does this person, 
if it's the one you talk to on the phone, if it's the one you talk to at the garden show, what is their communication style? And how does it interface with you? Does this person, and here's something that is so important, and I write this freaking statement down. Does this person listen more and talk less in the beginning of the interview appointment? Does he just wanna, does he just wanna throw his swag bag at you and tell you how freaking great he or she is and how much they, they're just the schnizzle in this area and blah, blah, blah. Or do they say, Mrs. Jones, tell me about the project. Tell me about your family. What's the name of your dog? How many kids you got? You know, say hi to the kids, push them on the swing in the back, the backyard while they're, you're walking around, Wh whatever. Do they take an interest in you and do they listen? One of the things that I used to do is I'd sit at the kitchen table, they'd offer me a glass of water, I'd say, absolutely. I may not be thirsty, but I took the glass of water. And we would just talk for 15 or 20 minutes. Kind of that first date type of thing. So yeah, they're always busy people, but do they have time for you? If they have time for you on this initial, maybe they'll do the same type of courtesy if you actually hired them. Now in every industry, every industry and contracting as well. There are those men and women that just wanna come into an interview process and an appointment and just be bossy the cow. They wanna tell a customer what they need and form the landscape vision to their skill style and not yours. They, they will, they will push you around. They'll push you around and browbeat you into a style of project that you're going, what the hell just happened? And be careful, if you're starting to feel uncomfortable, there's a gosh darn good reason why you're feeling uncomfortable and why in the hell would you move forward? You wouldn't buy a car from someone that browbeat you at a car lot, so why would you spend $15,000 with somebody that wants to redo your backyard in a way that that wasn't the vision I had? You know, you want people that can work with you and not against you. So I've seen this because many times uh, it is within their comfort zone and they may have a really narrow visionary skill set. And that, that could be problematic down the road. And if they didn't provide one at the door while you're sitting down and talking, ask for a business card. And on that business card, you can pick up information like, do they have a state license number there? You know, are they bonded and insured? You know, and those prompt other questions. One of the big ones that I used to always get from learned customers, how many employees do you have? And do you currently carry a worker's comp program, insurance, and through what company? You heard those things from a, from a contractor's perspective, I knew I was dealing with somebody who was intelligent. Lastly, or maybe not lastly, references from previous clients and photos of the work that they are proud of and can send you the address of those jobs. Not just some photograph, that doesn't tell you where it's at. It could be a Google image printout. Where is that? Where That is a nice yard. Where is that? That's over on Elm Street. 1234 Elm Street. And the client's name is Smith. Now you're starting to see some justification and some uh, pride and thorough thought out interview on the part of the contractor. One last major hurdle. And I've kind of alluded to that just a few minutes ago. Chemistry. Is this contractor or salesman for the company, do you have good chemistry with them? Do you feel like you could do business with them? Is there a, a vibe, a feeling, 
uh, a symbiotic relationship starting to form that you can do business, you can hand over thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to and get the product that you want and that they're promising. Can you? Okay, so there's a few hurdles and every hurdle has to be met. You can't go three out of four, you can't go two out of four. It's gotta be a, it's gotta be a grand slam or move on. You know, if yes, then hey, you know, tell them, hey coach, can you, can you give me an estimate on how much a, a design and how much this job would be? You know, be upfront and tell them, hey, you're interviewing three people. Remember at the garden show, there was you and then there was Tommy Boy and there was Billy Bob. Yep, where they're all coming here and I'm just interviewing and, you know, but I really like what you have to say, coach, and I think I'll be calling you back. Okay, that's, some, that's an initial interview that uh, I would say, hey, okay, at least got my foot in the door. Pros, you know, pro contractors, they understand and recognize a smart consumer. You know, those people leap off the page at me, but also a very under-informed under or naive consumer stands out almost worse. They're, they're, they stand out like a sore thumb. So do your due diligence up front. Gird your loins a little bit and be prepared to converse and talk. You know, we are, as the professionals, on your turf you know, we're on your yard and you should be uh, able to discuss it and be firm and fair and, and not a bossy the cow, just, you know, this is what we're thinking about. This is what we want to do. And, you know, can it be done and blah, 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 and have a good educational thought out discussion. You know, after all interviews are done, you know, and you've come across a person that you, you feel is right and make a decision, make the decision and take action. If you've got the money and you wanna get this thing going, the sooner you're on their books, the sooner you're gonna get it in. After all that yakking, you know, after all that jaw jacking around, who is right for you? Find them, get that estimate from that chosen contractor and what type of contract is drafted. Now, the state of California where I was from, you had to have a state approved contract. And in that contract, that contractor had to lay out in very infinite detail what work is going to be done. In infinite detail, with a time frame of start and stop, of a detail of progress payments. Do not get sucked in to someone that says, okay, I need 50% up front and they haven't even put a shovel in the damn ground. That does not happen in California legally. There, you can only do 10% or $1,000. That's it of whatever job it is. If I had an $80,000 job, I could only ask for a $1,000 deposit. That was it. Now, after the first day of work, once work is commenced, of which I wrote into my contract, then I got a progress payment. And that basically went into making sure that I had materials lined up, I had other subcontractors lined up, that's where that initial payment came in. And then as work was done, once we crossed a, crossed a certain threshold of work, then I got a little more cheddar. Another threshold, I got a little more cheddar. And at the very end, after we did the walkthrough and they're all oohing and on and satisfied and whatever, I got my final check. So if you find the contractor has been within the law, 
drafts a good, complete contract, according to state law, outlining all the work that's supposed to be done. The design, whether it was in-house there or you bring a design in, whatever it is, you have the design. It meets your vision of what you want, the progress payments within normal limits and set, you know, and then set a date. Get a date, get them on, get on the books. Understand, ma'am, that we're weeks or months away from the start but we're talking to somebody in January and we're hoping that they can start in March, April, or maybe May. So way out, think, think mid to long-term. Don't think next week. Once the project starts, you know, once they start, they're supposed to start Monday morning. Do they show up on time? Do the people who show up, are they attached to the person who sold you the job in the first place? Or is that person gone? You know, you don't see them. You have Billy Bob and his team of four, and Billy Bob, you can't even understand Billy Bob. He, he speaks a different language, and three out of four of the workers speak a different language. That really kind of, you know, that really kind of goes to the communication ability, right? So you better straighten that out, and you better straighten it out the first day. I don't know about you, but you have, you could probably always tell when you have someone uh, that is a go-getter, is good in communication, is ambitious, gets on task, stays on task, and is on time. It is, and is on time. If there is a problem on your part, bring it up to the crew or get a hold of the, the, the foreman or the person who sold you the job or the owner of the company. Immediately, do not let it fester, nothing. If the contractor finds an issue, say they start demoing things and they find a utility that wasn't marked or there's, there's something wrong, they should be doing the same. They should be getting a hold of you and saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, we found this gas line that who knows where it come from or anything else. You know, we're gonna have to reroute this thing in order to get our A, B, and C done. And we're gonna have to revisit this because this is extra work and it's probably gonna cost you more. At least they tell you. You know, many times when you're hiring a contractor and you're thinking about spending 25 grand, 90% of all things we worry about, they never materialize. And almost all jobs go smooth. But man, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, let me address that here in just a second. So let's sum this up just a little bit. We start out by searching our local resources, our local peoples, friends and shows, and finding the contracting talent in your area. Interview three and hire one. Punctuality is super important. Right after that is a close second of communication and the ability to listen and just have a conversation. Watch. Watch your team work, but don't overlord them. You know, don't stand there at the window with your arms crossed. Good people don't need to be watched. You can go out there after they've left, or you can go out there when they're on lunch and look around if you want to. Good contracts are written. The people are bonded, state licensed, insured, including that worker's comp. Do not, do not hire somebody that doesn't have a worker's comp. Plain and simple. Man, they, someone snaps their leg on your property, and one of the crew members is down, man, if there's no workers comp there, that worker could come after you and you do not want that. Now, kind of wrapping this up a little bit, here's my cautionary tale to you. If you go on the sheer fact of saving money, if you go with unlicensed or illegal contractors, all the risk, all the risk and the completion quality is going to be on you, ladies and gentlemen, not on that mow and blow guy that wants to do something for you on a Saturday for the next six weeks. 
uh-uh, it's on you. And you're not gonna have any recourse except small claims. And you wanna go jump off into that pool? I don't, most people don't. So yes, it's going to cost more for a good, qualified, licensed landscape contracting professional. But most people, and I'm assuming who I'm talking to would probably be in that boat, most people want value, they want quality work, and at a price from a professional that knows what the Sam hell they are doing, and hopefully they speak the language you understand, and guarantees their work, Back it, they back up what they do. One of the things that I used to do is at the end of every day, after I completed my little punch list that I had set out for myself, I would tell the customer if they were there, tomorrow we're going off into this, and this, and this. And some people would go, hey, thanks for letting me know. I know what's going to happen tomorrow. And some people would say, ah, Matt, you know, we know what the hell you're doing. You know, just, just do it. You don't have to tell us. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you got something out of this quality educational podcast. I hope if you are deciding to not be a DIYer and you're going to hire a professional, maybe you got something out of this. Hey, check out the new website, youryardcoach.com. I got a free 15-step checklist there for you. My new ebook. Hey, Landscaping Simplified is available at a very reduced price right now. And the Digital Landscaping Educational Course Homescape 1.0 is available this week. I would sure appreciate it. It helps keep the doors open here at Yard Coach. Any questions that you have, you can drop them in a comment. You can email me or however you want to get to me, get involved. Be part of the Yard Coach crew. I'd appreciate it. Hey, this is Matt. You can call me Coach. I will catch you guys next week, every Friday. I hope everything is going well in your world. You guys take care. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Coach Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.